Chances are most of us who've ever worked have had a supervisor, a manager, a leader, a boss. In today's sermon, Dr. Jackson explores his experience with a boss who stood in the gap in a time of danger and a time of need. We're going to use that experience to explore how God and his desire to work through us is a boss who also comes to work. He rolls up his sleeves. He bears his arm. When the boss comes to work, everything changes. Let's get into it. And thank you, friend, for joining us at RG United. It was a beautiful summer day. Humidity was low. Temperatures were perfectly reasonable. Reasonable. And I loved my job. Era un hermoso día de finales de verano. La humedad era baja. Las temperaturas eran perfectamente reasonables. Y me encantaba mi trabajo. The vinyl on the seat of the Massey Ferguson squeaked as I settled in. I pushed down the clutch and I headed out to the field. El vinilo en el asiento del Massey Ferguson gerrió cuando me acomodé. Empuje hacia abajo el embregue y me derrigue el pastor. The sun was on my skinny arms. The blue sky was above me and I could smell the smell of freshly Cut hay. The soul in mis delgados bravas. Cielo azul sobre mi. Y olor. El heno recién. Cortado. I entered the field and absolutely delighted in the sound of the machinery behind me. Entre en el campo. Y me delete absolutamente con el sonido del machino behind me. 100 metal spikes buzzing and spinning, lifting hay from the ground, and in neat rows, ready for the baler. Cien pas de metal, zumbando y garrando, lavantando el heno del suelo en el filas ordenadas, listas para la empacadora. I weighed 115 pounds of 14-year-old pride because this was a man's job, but I was doing it. I was so excited. Pasaba 115 libras de regalo de 14 años porque estaba asignando el trabajo de un hombre y lo estaba haciendo bien. I climbed a gentle slope and the tractor stalled and stopped. I needed a lower gear to complete my climb. Subi un suave pendiente y el tractor de tubo necesitaba una marcha más baja para completar la subida. That's when a young farmer and an old tractor became a deadly combination. 
fue entonces cuando un joven granjero y un viejo tractor se convirtieron en una combinación mortal. When I went to activate the transmission, you know what happened, Harrison. The brake slipped, and the tractor started rolling backwards downhill. This is how you wind up in the emergency room. Cuando frío el activar la transmisión, el freno respaldo del tractor comenzó a rodar hacia atrás cuesta abajo. The hay rake crashed, went over the huge tire, and it stopped even with my right shoulder. El rastrillo de ano de estrello pasó por encima del enorme neumático y se detuvo incluso con mi hombro derecho. Another foot, and my head could have been part of the next bale of hay. Otepi y mi cabeza podría haber sido parte de la próxima paca de heno. I was shaking like a leaf, trying to figure out how to untangle all that equipment. 14 years old, 115 pounds. When I heard the cavalry. Estaba temblando. Como una joya, tratando de averiguar como uh, desenredar el equipo cuando escuché a la caballería. Over the hill came a Chevy pickup, Scott, at a speed that should never be attempted on most roads, let alone in a field. Cleared air over the, over, over the hill. Sobre la colina llegó una camioneta a Chevy a una velocidad que nunca debería intentarse en la mayor de las carreteras y mucho menos en un campo. Phil, the driver of the truck, stopped, jumped out, and shouted, Are you okay? Phil, el hombre Phil, de, uh, se detuvo. Salto y grito. ¿Está herido? ¿Está herido? You see, Phil was my boss. And he was a real cowboy. He weighed more than 115 pounds. He was older than 14. And he knew how to drive tractors up the hill. He was a tough rancher. He looked like he could do anything. Verás, Phil era mi jefe. Verdadero vaquero, el ganadero y que parecía que podía hacer cualquier cosa. I was in a jam, but my boss was on the scene. For the past four weeks, we've been exploring what the Bible says about doing this good work. Puedo decirte todo lo que necesitas saber sobre el sentido. We've learned that God wants to partner with us about bringing his kingdom into this world. Hemos aprendido que Dios quiere asociarse con nosotros para llevar su reino a nuestro mundo. We've learned that we are sent, just as Jesus was sent, to do the works of God in his name. Somos enviados, así como Jesús fue enviado 
para hacer las obras de Dios en su nombre. We've learned that we don't have forever. We're on the clock, and the night is coming when no man can work. Hemos aprendido que no tenemos para siempre. Se acerca la noche en que ningún hombre puede trabajar. We've learned that we have to build with the right materials because each person's work will be tested. Hemos aprendido que tenemos que construir con los materiales adecuados porque el trabajo de cada persona será probado. But today, I want to remind you something. It changes the entire equation of our lives. It changes everything. Pero hoy, quiero recordarles algo que cambia toda la equación de nuestras vidas. What I want to remind you of today is that we are called to do God's work but we are not called to do the work of God alone. Somebody say amen. Estamos llamados a hacer la obra de Dios, pero no estamos llamados a trabajar solos. We are not called to work alone. Last week we talked about being workers together with God out of 1 Corinthians 3 and 9. La semana pasada hablamos de ser obreros junto con Dios. We all work together. None of us work alone. We all work together. That's why when we pray for somebody, you'll see two or three people gather around and pray because when two or three agree together in the name of Jesus, it shall be done. We work together. Todos trabajamos juntos. Ninguno de nosotros está solo. That's encouraging. Eso es alentador. Amen? Isn't it encouraging that we work together? But here's the game changer. We don't just work together with one another. And... The game changer is we are laborers together with God. We are working together with one another, but we're also working with the one beside whom there is no other. We are working together with God. Pero aquí está el cambio de juego. Somos obreros junto con Dios. And when our boss comes to work, listen to me, when the boss comes to work, everything changes. Cuando nuestro jefe viene a trabajar, todo cambia. Todo cambia. I don't know if you've ever been the 14-year-old on the tractor with a hay rake wrapped around your ear. I don't know if you've ever messed it up that badly and been involved in something that you felt like you could accomplish, but in the middle of it you found out that it was more than you were prepared to accomplish. Maybe it's your family. Maybe it's your home. Maybe it's your finance. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your future. Maybe it's your past. But everybody has been the 14-year-old on the tractor with a mess on your hands that you don't know how to handle. I'm sure you've been in a situation where the task before you is greater than the knowledge or strength within you. No sé uh, si alguna vez se sudo el niño de 14 años en el tractor, pero estoy seguro de que has estado en una situación en la que te, te era que tienes ante ti es mayor que el conocimiento a la fuerza dentro de sí. I'm telling you that when you're in the middle of a problem and you're trying to accomplish the work, it is something 
to see when the boss steps on the scene and takes over the job. I have been there. I know how it works. I was there on that tractor and I've been there in my life when the boss steps on the scene. And when the boss rolls up his sleeves and starts to work, Brother Jim, everything changes. When our boss comes to work, everything changes. Our text for today contains the best news that I can give you. Nuestro texto de hoy contiene los mejores noticias. Bueno, darles. Our boss has rolled up his sleeves and he is ready to work on your situation. Did you hear what the prophet Isaiah said? He said, the Lord has bared his holy arm. I don't know what that means to you to look at my arm because I'm still not far from the 115-pound, 14-year-old weakling. But I'm going to tell you something. When Jehovah Jireh bears his arm and the boss comes to work, things change. When Jehovah Jireh gets involved in your situation, your situation changes. It changes. Somebody give glory to the Lord. Nuestro jefe sea aramengado y está listo para trabajar en su situación. El jefe is ready for your situation. I need to tell you something today and you need to seal it to your soul. Necesito decirte algo hoy y necesitas celerlo a tu alma. God, God is ready to work for his people. And his resources are inexhaustible. Hear me today. God is ready to work on behalf of his people. And when God begins to work, his resources are inexhaustible. You may be the 14-year-old on the tractor. You may only weigh 150, some of you wish. But you may not be the one who can bring the answer to the situation. But let me tell you, when the boss arrives on the scene, everything changes because he's not limited in his knowledge. He's not limited in his power. He's not limited in his resources. Amen? Amen? Take a look at God's measures that he can use to defeat Satan. Eche un vistazo a las medidas de Dios que pueden derrotar a Satanas. Look at what God can use. Read it for me, Brother Jim. Hebrews 13 and 5. Read the, read the last portion. I will never read that part. I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I will never leave thee or forsake thee. Janice said it today. The I am is on our side. You never have to say God was. You never have to say, God was faithful in the past, but today is today, and these are new problems, and God is shaking his head in heaven, and he can't bear his arm anymore because God doesn't know how to deal with these problems. No, 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 no. He said, I am he. And he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. You have the entire personage of the Godhead on your side. When you call on the name of Jesus, he is there as the boss, the jefe, to help you in your situation and to give you the help that you need. Proverbs 18 and 10. See what you can guess about the personage of God that's on your side out of the text that Brother Moser reads today. Here's the way I learned it. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. That version says a fortified tower. And the righteous run into it and are safe. 
The name of the Lord, the person of God is on your side and the name of God is on your side. Keep in mind that Paul said, at that name, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess the things in heaven, in earth, and under the earth. In Cielo, in Tierra, and under Tierra would confess that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is El to the glory of God the Father, to Gloria de Dios, because Jesus is is the Lord of the universe. Somebody ought to wave a hand right now and say, I thank you that I know the name of my God. And I thank the Lord that I can call on that name and I can run into that name. I don't care what devil is behind you. I don't care what situation you're in. And I don't care what circumstance you're dealing with. When the name of Jesus is on your lips, he gets his arm bare and he gets involved in your situation. And if he's involved in your situation, if the boss comes to work, everything changes, Jim. Everything changes. Himself, his name. Deuteronomy 33 and 27. Somebody read it for me right now. You got it, Ann? Go ahead. I'm sorry. You've got 20, 33 and 27? Yeah. The eternal God is your refuge. And underneath are what? The ever lasting arms. That's where that song comes that we sing. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning, leaning, I'm leaning on the everlasting arms. Los brazos de eternal. In our everlasting arms of God. We have his person, we have his name, and we have his arms. How many are thankful for the arms of Jesus Christ that you can fall into? The arms of our God that you can fall into today. We've got his name. We've got his himself. We've got his arms. Now, read Isaiah 52 and 10, Sister Sarah. That was our text today. But reread it, Isaiah 52 and 10. My arm is so puny, it's almost a poor sermon illustration. But all I want you to catch out of this is, you roll up your sleeves, Harrison, when you're ready to do some work. And the prophet said that Jehovah has bared his holy arm, and he's going to show all the nations. Remember, the desolate places in Jerusalem have a right to rejoice because our God has bared his arm. Roy, I don't know what you're going through, but if Jehovah bears his arm on your behalf, it's going to turn out the way it needs to. Preston, I don't know what you're going through, but if the Lord bears his arm on your behalf, it's going to be all right. Angela, I'm going to tell you, if the Lord bears his arm, the test and the doctors don't stand a chance against our Jehovah God because he's still Jehovah Jireh. He still provides. He's still Jehovah Nisi. He's still a banner. He's still Jehovah Rapha. He still knows how to heal. He's still Jehovah Sikhanu. He's still our righteousness. His name is Jesus. He is Lord. And himself, his name is arms. His arm. How about this one? Psalm 95 and 5. Psalm 95 and 5. Who's got that one? The sea is his, and he made it, and his hand formed the dry land. The sea is his, and he made it. Understand in Hebrew cosmology, the sea represented everything that was chaotic and misunderstood, and powerful, and destructive. Sheila, he said, all of that belongs to God. It doesn't belong to him. God created this entire world. And if it's anything in this world, God is sovereign over it. And he said he formed the dry land with his hands. Sumanos. 
his hands, God formed the dry land. La tierra de hermanos de él. The, the, the dry land came from the hands of God. And so we have his person. We have his name. We have his arms. And we have his hands. Now read this one. Isaiah 41 and 10. I love this one so much. I may go crazy when you read this one. Isaiah 41 and 10. Who's got that one? Did I not assign it? Oh, my goodness. I didn't assign Isaiah 41 and 10. I'm going to have to scratch this from the podcast. I'll tell you what it says. He said, yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. We've got his person. We've got his name. We've got his arms. We've got his hands. And now we're down to one arm and one hand. The right hand of God. He's going to uphold his people. Now watch this one. Luke 11 and 20. Did I assign this one to anybody? Praise the Lord. If it, stand up and read that. Luke eleven twenty. Read that one. But if I drive out the demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has already come upon you. If I drive out the demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. We got his person. We got his name. We got his arms. Then we got down to one arm. We got his hands. We got down to one hand. You ever heard, I can beat you with one hand tied behind my back? Sheila, Jesus said, I'm going to cast out the devils with the finger of God. Solamente una finger. <laughs> one finger. I don't know if he gave him the thumb. You're out. I don't know if he gave him the index finger. Get out of here. I'm going to stop there because if I go to the next one, you're going to put it on the internet. I don't know what finger he gave the devil, but when he gave him the finger of God, he had to hit the road because one finger of God is more powerful than all of Satan's power. Let me tell you something. When the boss comes to work, everything changes because the boss is not limited in power. The boss is not limited in knowledge. The boss is not limited in resources. Amen? Amen. Think about it. God's finger alone is enough to defeat every devil in hell. Every devil in hell. Piensalo, solo dedo de Dios es suficiente para derrotar a cada demonio en el infierno. Every devil in hell has to shake before God's finger. I'm talking about when the boss comes to work. Estoy hablando de cuando el jefe viene a trabajar. He doesn't need his entire tool belt, Roy. He just needs one finger and he can get the job done. <laughs> That's all he needs. One finger, and he can get the job done. Él no necesita todo su sentiren de aramentias. Solo el dedo de Dios puede arreglar cada problema que estás enfrentado en este momento. Darle de vuelta a todo. Only a finger of God can fix every problem you're facing right now. And can turn everything around. I feel the power of the Holy Spirit in this place. I know we're pausing between languages here. But I want to make sure everybody understands. That when the boss comes to work. The work changes. You're not in this life by yourself. You're not in your family by yourself. You're not in your neighborhood by yourself. You're not with your memories by yourself. You're not dealing with pain by yourself. And you're not dealing with uncertainty and anxiety by yourself. But the boss is on your side. Amen. Amen. Now. I close with this, your favorite phrase. God's finger 
is an action one time in the Gospels that I find, Brother Moshe. One time. God's finger was in action. El dedo de Dios. Say, en cuantira, en acción, una vez en los evangelios. It was in one, ocho, it says. John chapter 8, verse 6. There's a woman kneeling there. There's a bunch of people around her. They got big rocks, Sheila, and they got bad intentions. And just like that tractor was one foot from my head, one foot of their arm raised in anger, if it went forward and flung that stone, and her life would have been forfeit. Capture the scene. She's there. Everybody's surrounding her, and death is in the air. And you can smell the fear at every second. Brothers and sisters, the accusers, Brother Roy, have the upper hand. They got the upper hand. She wasn't rumored to be in adultery. She wasn't somebody saw her walking out of a house. The Bible says that they took her in the very act. Left the man behind, which tells you all you need to know about their motivation. Be that as it may, she had broken the law, and she was bound to pay. And one foot, one foot would have ended her life. Jesus answered the accusations of the enemy with the finger of God. One finger. And the people with the stones had to leave. Jesus respondió a los acrisaciones del enemigo con su dedo y la gente con las piedras tuvo que irse. Jesus took his finger, Brother Mark, and he started writing on the ground. Wasn't the first time he had handled the devils with a finger. Wasn't the first time that the finger of God had handled the accuser, the brethren. And it wouldn't be the last. But I'm telling you, if he handled the devil with a finger then, he can handle the devil with a finger now. And if you need the finger of God in your life today, the boss is on the job and he's ready to do business. He's ready to do work in your life. If you release the power of God in your life, the accuser is going to have to leave. When the finger of God gets involved in your situation, Satan has to go. Jesus took that same finger that wiped away accusation and he pointed and he said, go and sin no more. Entonces Jesús tomó su dedo y señaló y dijo, vete y no peques más. God's finger always points to salvation, restoration, and demission. El dedo de Dios siempre apunto a la salvación, a la restauración y la misión. God's finger never points in condemnation. It always points to restoration. If God is pointing at you, that's the very best thing that can happen in your life. Because get God's fingers pointing at you. You're one moment of faith and one moment of obedience away from being restored to everything that God has created you to be. Because when the finger of God comes to work, the accuser has to leave and the restorer is on the job. And El Jefe is in the house today ready to do some work in somebody's lives. Who's going to let the Lord work today? Would you stand with me today? The purpose of God's intervention in our lives is always redemptive. El propósito de la intervención de Dios en nuestras vidas es siempre retendor. When the chief shows up and gets to work, the accusers have to go. And the sinners become saints, and the saints become missionaries. Cuando el jefe aparece y se pone a trabajar, los acusadores tienen que irse, y los pecadores se convertían en santos, y los santos se convertían en misioneros. The boss boss has come to work. El jefe. 
That's such a heart. The boss has come to work. Phil jumped out of that truck. Everything changed. Because even as a kid, I knew Brother Mullins. That he was somebody like you. <laughs> and Mark, and Scott, Rocky, and Harrison, some of these others around here, Preston online. Richard knows a thing or two. Phil knows what he's doing. Roy does. If I miss anybody. A bunch of ladies know what you're doing today, too. But at that moment, my confidence was in the name of Phil Hooker. That was his name. $2.80 an hour. Worth a week labor is what he earned by his money. Brother Mosier, I wasn't much of a worker. I was enthusiastic. But when Phil got there, I knew he was somebody I could trust. Can I just share with you today, it's not the last time I've had the tractor on my ear. It's not the last time the hay rake's been this close to my head. It's not the last time I got in a job that was way over my head and I couldn't complete the task, Richard. I don't know where Phil is today. I can't call on his name. His number's not in my phone. I don't trust in the name of Phil Hooker anymore. I got a different boss. But every time I've called on his name, he's come to me faster than that Chevy pickup in a cloud of dust. And as he's, air quotes, jumped out of that truck, Richard, the first thing he said to me was not, you stupid servant, you're unprofitable. I'm going to cast you out in darkness. And where there's weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, that's not what he said. The first thing Jesus has ever said to me is, are you all right? The second thing is, let's fix it. Let's fix it. I'm going to take you back to that late summer day in that field. Smell the hay. Hear the equipment as it unwinds and Phil gets it straight again. And he bends those tines and back together and Tractor's okay, checks on that. He looks me over and I'm still shaking. Scared to death. Don't want to get fired. Not worthy to work. I'll never get this paycheck. It'll cost $100 to fix the tractor. That's the whole thing. That point in my life, $100, man, is going to build $100 million. Phil looked at me. Rebecca, I'll never forget it as long as I live. Well, where's this effect? Still half a field left. You think you can get back on the tractor? Yes, sir, I'll get back on the tractor. What gear does it need to be in, sir? How can I make it up the hill? I don't want to mess it up again. But as long as you have me, I'll work. Because what I've learned today is what my soul was saying. My mouth had said, I just said, okay. My soul was saying, if you'll teach me, and if you'll take care of me, I'll do anything for you that I can. Because you've proven that you're a boss that's worthy of my trust and my affection and my loyalty. I wish a bunch of people would lift your hands and your souls today and say, Jesus, I may have messed up before. I may mess up again. The job is too big. But if you come to do some work today and you want to work through me, I've learned that you're a boss that can be trusted. I've learned that if I mess up, you're not going to yell at me and you're not going to fire me. But you're going to teach me and you're going to help me do the job. I want to tell you something. I've never in my life felt a sense of accomplishment like I felt, Brother Denniston, 
when I finished raking that hay. It may be little to you. It may not sound like much. I felt like I was 10 feet tall because the name of Phil operated in my situation. I'm going to tell you, you're going to get to heaven. Prophesying today. You're going to get to heaven. And you're never going to feel like bowing lower than when you realize everything that Jesus accomplished through you because you trusted in his name to do this good work for him. And you trusted in the boss that when he comes to work, everything changes. Amen? Isaiah 43 and 13, before the day was, I am he. I am he. There is no one who can get out of my hand. Nobody. Then he said, I will work. But who will let it? The boss is ready to do some work. Who's willing to let him? Who's willing to let him? Before the day that you're in, Janice said it. She didn't see my notes. I am he. Before you got into this day, he was there and he made it. He's the boss. He owns it all. He's not just the boss of the company. He owns the company and he owns the universe that the company is in. There's nothing he can't accomplish if you will partner with him. I'm going to open these altars right now. The boss is ready to work. Who's ready to let him? I want an altar full of people who will say, Lord, I'm going to work for you. I'm going to do my best. But Lord, when you show up, I'm going to let you have the reins. I'm going to let you do your work. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody, and say, I want to work for you, Jesus. You've proven to be a trustworthy boss. You've proven to be somebody that I can trust, God. And I'm going to place my life in your hands. I'm going to work as hard as I can. But Lord, I know that you're at my side and you have my back. And you're going to help me do the work that you want done. Come on, somebody. Let's do this good work together. The boss is ready to work. He's going to show up. He's going to roll up his sleeves in your family. He's going to roll up his sleeves in your health. He's going to roll up his sleeves in your finance. He's going to roll up his sleeves in your past. He's going to roll up his sleeves in your future. He's going to roll up his sleeves in your present. And when the boss comes to work, everything changes. Is the arm of the Lord short? Has God stopped working in human affairs? Is he not sovereign and all-powerful and all-knowing? And yes, replete with all goodness. Friend, I think he's still at work today. The question, though, that Scripture shouts out to us in terms of challenge is are we willing to allow the boss to work? Will we acknowledge him as sovereign? Will we acknowledge him as owner and leader of our lives and completely submit ourselves to his plan? to co-labor with Him and those that He's placed in our lives to accomplish the good works of God, to build for the kingdom of God in the world that God has made. Oh, friend, I want that to be my mandate. What about you? And thank you for joining us at Arlington United.